Reading for 365 Daily Devotional, our Bible study. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what your word is telling us today. Thank you, Father, for the reading of your word this day, December the 14th. The book of Jonah, chapter 1. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for keeping us safe. Uh, overview and more overviews about the book of Jonah. Why did Jonah become angry when God spared Nineveh? Jonah grew up hating the Assyrian and fearing their atrocities. His hatred was so strong that he didn't want them to receive God's mercy. Jonah was actually afraid the people would repent. Jonah's attitude is representative of Israel's reluctance to share God's love and mercy with others. Even though this was their God-given mission, Genesis 12:3, they had forgotten their original purpose as a nation. To be a blessing to the rest of the world by sharing God's message with other nations, Genesis 22:18. Jonah was learning that God's mercy and forgiveness were not only for Israel. They extended to all who repent and believe. In our eyes, some people's wickedness seems so demand immediate punishment. To demand immediate punishment. But God is more merciful than we can imagine. God feels compassion for the worst of sinners. And he devises plans to bring them to himself, 2 Samuel 14, 14. The community of believers can succumb to the same values that Israel had, hoarding all God's blessings without blessing others in turn. This was not God's intention. The church is meant to be a channel for God's blessings to flow into people's lives. What is your part in it? What is our part in it? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. God called Jonah to warn the people of Nineveh that they face destruction if they refuse to repent of their sins. But Jonah would rather have died than obey God's commands. Jonah wanted God to destroy a wicked, the wicked Assyrian capital. He didn't want the people to repent and receive God's forgiveness. So Jonah boarded a ship and headed into the opposite direction. When Jonah chose to disobey God, he was not only he was not only the only person to suffer. The life of every other person on Jonah's ship was threatened by the great storm that God has sent. Terrified, the sailors sought the guilty party, and Jonah quickly suggested that he be thrown overboard. It seemed he preferred death to the prospect of preaching to the godless Ninevites. It is difficult to begin the process of forgiveness once bitterness has set in. God has to put Jonah in the belly of a great fish for three days to get his attention. 
In the end, Jonah finally admitted that he was helpless and asked God for deliverance. Then he grudgingly went to Nineveh to warn the people of their impending punishment. Jonah was not happy when the people responded to his message and repented, for God responded to their humility with mercy. Even though Jonah refused to obey God, God never gave up on Jonah. Forgiving someone is never easy. God used numerous object lessons, a storm, a great fish, a large plant, a small worm, and a scorching wind to teach Jonah about compassion and forgiveness. And in spite of Jonah's resistance to God's call, God used him to spread the good news that God desires to bring salvation to all humanity. The purpose of this book is to show that God has compassion not only for the Jews, but for all the people and nations. The key verse in this book, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me, I call to you from the land of the dead, and the Lord, you heard me. God's delivered the powerless. God delivers the powerless. None of us likes to be powerless, whether we like being in control or are accustomed to playing the victim. However, it is only when we acknowledge our powerlessness that recovery can begin. In the darkness inside the great fish, Jonah realized how helpless he was. It was there that he finally turned to God and received his help. As we recognize our helplessness, we too can receive the help God offers. Only he can redeem and deliver us from our dependencies or compulsions. If we try to do it alone, we are headed to disaster. Keeping God's Priorities since Jonah was a prophet of God, we might have expected him to share God's priorities. But when God told him to go to Nineveh, Jonah responded, reflected his cultural heritage rather than God's values. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh, just as all the people of Israel did. The Ninevites were enemies, but God had compassion on these wicked and bloodthirsty people. Jonah needed to get his priorities in line with God. God desires the salvation of all people, regardless of their race, religion, or nationality. As we share the story of our deliverance, we need to keep this truth in mind. God's patience. There are many painful aspects of the recovery process, like Jonah. We are often tempted to drag our feet. We even pout when life does not go as we would like it to. But God is patient with us, just as he was with Jonah. Rather than running from God and trying to avoid the pain of recovery, we need to run to God, who is in control and is trustworthy. He will patiently walk with us all the way, step after painful step. Forgiveness for everyone. Jonah was so bitter towards the people of Nineveh that he would have chosen death rather than proclaim God's good news to them. We too can desire revenge to the point of destroying our lives. Bitterness destroys our peace, takes away our joy, and impedes our recovery process. It is not natural to want God to forgive those who have hurt us. 
But God is merciful to our enemies, even as he has been merciful to us. When we experience God's forgiveness, we should respond with joy when someone else receives the same. We may even become instruments of healing to the people who have hurt us. Wow. In chapter 1, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittah. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship living for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord heard all a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw their cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Note, God's ways are not always our ways. God gave Jonah a message that he didn't want to hear, much less obey. It appears here that Jonah was afraid to confront this godless people with the truth about their sins. Later, however, we learned that Jonah was afraid that the Ninevites would repent and God would spare them. He was bitter against this bloodthirsty nation and wanted them destroyed, refusing to acknowledge that even they could, could receive God's forgiveness. Part of a recovery from sin and any kind of destructive situation includes sharing the story of deliverance with others. Are there people in our lives with whom we refuse to share the good news to fear, for fear they will repent? Harboring such bitterness will, will lead to our own destruction. God excludes no one from his forgiveness and restoration. God created a great storm, putting the sailor lives in great danger. Jonah, who was responsible for their plight, was asleep in the bottom of the boat. Often our irresponsibility actions jeopardize the lives of others. Our dependencies bring pain and sometimes long-term consequences into the lives of family members and friends. We, like Jonah, need to wake up from the sleep of denial Take responsibility for our failures and do what we can to make amends to the innocent people around us. Verse 7. Now remember, but all this time Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why had this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. 
who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, What shall we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rolled even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sins, and don't hold us responsible for his death, O Lord. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked up Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were outstruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. It took Jonah three days inside the fish to realize that he would have to follow God's plan for his life. God has called Jonah to do something he didn't want to do. Jonah tried to do things his own way and suffered the consequences. We all have similar choices. We can do things God's way and receive his help and and blessing. Or we can do things our way and suffer the painful consequences. God will go a long way to rescue his wayward children and lead them back to himself. Sometimes we need to hit rock bottom to realize that God's way is the only way. God's message penetrated to all levels of Ninevite society. The people immediately admitted their sins before God and dressed in burlap to show their sorrow. The king then took responsibility for his people and called both great and small to humble themselves before God and turn from their evil ways. When we obey God and share his transforming message with others, it is not only strengthening us, but also brings the opportunity of salvation to others. God always not God does not always use the same methods to deliver people. He saved the sailors by having Jonah willingly throw them from the boat. Here he delivered the Ninevites when Jonah unwillingly brought God's message to them and they repented. God is able to forgive and deliver even the worst of sinners. When people truly repent of their wickedness, God delivers them from judgment. God is merciful towards those who confess their sins and allow him to change them. Chapter 2 of Jonah. Jonah's prayer. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and the Lord and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me I was buried beneath your wild 
and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once upon towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out of his out onto the beach. Chapter 3. Jonah goes to Nineveh. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's commandments and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believe God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declare a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell, perhaps, even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us? When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Note, commentary. God was very patient with Jonah rather than condemn him for his anger or punishment, him for his actions. God taught Jonah another lesson. God used a fast-growing plant to protect Jonah from the scorching heat of the Mesopotamian sun. This kind of act did not mean God approved of Jonah's behavior. Sometimes physical blessings from God don't necessarily equal spiritual blessings, nor do they imply the spiritual well-being of the person receiving the blessing. When the plant died and the hot desert wind and the sun beat fiercely against it, Jonah, he was miserable. He became so upset to, by his discomfort and the mercy of God has shown, had shown the Nineveh, Nineveh that he, warned to, he wanted to die. 
He mistakenly thought that the world revolved around him rather than around God and his program. As long as we have a self-centered attitude like Jonah had, we will have little chance of recovery. We need to humble ourselves before God and submit to his plan for us. God's plan may not be the easiest way, and it may not lead us in the direction we want to go, but we can be sure that God's way is always best in the long run. Chapter 4 Jonah's Anger at the Lord's Mercy This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord, that it is why I ran away to Tarshish? I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now. Kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God had arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Note. When the plant died and the hot desert wind and the sun beamed fiercely against Jonah, he was miserable. He became so upset by his discomfort and the mercy of God had shown the Nineveh that he wanted to die. He mistakenly thought that he would revolve around, that the world revolved around him rather than around God and his program. As long as we have a self-centered attitude like Jonah had, we will have little chances of recovery. We need to humble ourselves before God and submit it to his plan for us. God's plan may not be the easiest way, and it may not lead us in the direction we want to go, but we can be sure that God's ways is always best in the long run. Amen. What is God's plans for me for today? I ask him, I get on my knees, I simply ask him, God, what's your plan? 
And his plan, folks, is the same plan for all of us to get into his word and read his word so we can be ready for any emergencies that come up in the future or just be happy. Emergencies that we may get somebody saved with our dedication of reading the word of God. Not might, we will. We will get people saved. We will by asking them to say the sinner's prayer. If I run up to somebody, I ask them, say, Father, forgive me of all my sins. I accept the cross. I accept the death of your son, Jesus Christ, that died in there as a replacement for my sins, as a payment and forgiveness of my sins, Lord. Your own son, Lord, died on the cross for me, for my sins. So I receive it and I say yes. I ask him to say yes to the cross, to the surrendering of the cross, and accept the work that God did for humanity. And this one is for me, that I may enter into the kingdom of God through the cross by saying yes to the cross, Lord, I surrender. I say yes and amen. Enter my heart and make me new, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The door opens from the inside. That's how I pass the word of God to others. And I also use the uh, Jabez prayer so I can plant seeds and get people harvested and ready. Before the day starts on my knees, I'll say, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be upon me and that you will keep me from evil, that it may not harm me. And God perform what I requested. Amen. Enlarge my territory. That's enlarge my ministry. Enlarge my ministry. Enlarge my ministry unto others' hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, reading of the New Testament, we go to the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. In Revelation 5, we see a picture of who Christ and who we are. One of the elders calls John to look at the lion, but when John looks to see a lamb, Jesus Christ, his first picture as a lion, symbolizing his authority and power. The horns also symbolize his strength and powers. Jesus also pictured as a lamb symbolizes his submission to God's will. The seven eyes recall the seven lambs and the one spirit. Christ was the sacrificed lamb for sins, but he was not weak. He was killed, but now he lives in God's strength and power. God's people praise Christ's work with their song. He was killed and he ransomed them with his blood. He gathers them into a kingdom, makes them priests. He appoints them to reign on the earth. 
But as priests in God's kingdom, believers are not given authority to wheel over others, but to use in service to others. A priest, believers as priests, believers are the channels of blessings between God and people. Amen. Again, God's people praise Christ's work with their song. He was killed and he ransomed them with his blood. He gathers them into a kingdom, makes them priests, and appoints them to reign on the earth. But as priests in God's kingdom, believers are not given authority to wield over others, but to use, be to use in service to others. As priests, believers are the channels of blessing people between God and them. Christ wields great power and serves humbly. His work has made us his people and set the pattern of our own lives. Amen and amen. 365 New Living Testament. Beautiful, beautiful. A little more on the commentaries on Revelations chapter 5 before we read the chapter. A little more insight on that. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for making us ambassadors, priests, holy, holy, holy unto do, Lord. And we may touch other people's lives, enlighten their eyes, and help them with your, your program, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In chapter 5, a revelation, the Lamb opens the scroll. Commentary, note. Many of us know the tremendous pain of not being able to live up to our perfectionistic goals. Expecting absolute perfection in this life is unrealistic. In heaven, however, perfection will be the norm. Even there, though, initially there was no one worth to open the worthy to open the scroll of revelation and judgment, the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is the only one worthy to open the scroll. He is perfect, and He has conquered sin and death through His death and resurrection. Because of Him, we can overcome our sins and dependencies. Christ will open the scroll, beginning the process of recovery for our broken and sinful world. If we entrust our lives to Him, he will begin the same process of restoration to our lives. Someday, by God's grace and power, we will be made perfect. By shedding his blood on the cross, Jesus Christ the Lamb made salvation possible for all. But God does far more than deliver us from our sins and dependencies. He promises to make us part of his team to restoring and maintaining his world. We will be members of God's kingdom as priests. As soon as we entrust our lives to God and seek to follow his will, we can begin our priestly duties. This involves sharing our stories of deliverance and calling others to faith in Jesus Christ, the only power available for true recovery. 
In these final verses of the chapter 5 of John, 11 and 14, John's description of the heavenly throne room praise for the divine land spills over from the heaven to the rest of the created realm. No matter how much unbelief and sin dominates the earthly scene today, a time will come when all will honor God. Every knee will bow, along with the praise, many for the first time will confess their guilt, accept responsibility, and recognize their denial. We don't have to wait until Christ returns to acknowledge His Lordship in our lives. We can do it today and begin to enjoy the immediate benefits of a vital relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, a reading of Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seal on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the heir of David's throne has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and looked and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break the seal and open it, for you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, 
Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lamb. Let us rejoice in the peace of reconciliation. Thank you, Lord God, that we are one with the Father now. We, we have been saved. We have been transformed into the kingdom of light from darkness. Let us rejoice that we have been, that reconciliation has come into our homes and our hearts and our minds. And the promise of life everlasting. Reading of Psalm 133. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and unto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord had promised, pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Amen and amen. Let's join a good church and sing those songs to activate more blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. In Proverbs 29, verses 26 to 27, many seek the ruler's favor, but justice comes from the Lord. The righteous despise the unjust, and the wicked despise the godly. Proverbs 29, 